Hello. Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Mr. Logical and Two Files, collectively known as Sports Reports as Ordered. We miss you, Shampoo, and your Grams, too. Tonight is Miami dead in the water. This guy says yes. We'll see what Mr. Logical has to say. Chris Paul, hit the bricks, kid. You're out of here. Phoenix will be better off in the long run. We'll see if they wave him or they trade him. Leno Messi, I heard he was the GOAT. Now he's coming to the great old United States of America. Shout out MLS for getting it done. And then me and Raph got a few free agents that we want to revisit. Were they good deals? Were they bad deals? What do we think? So, Mr. Logical, Miami is so fortunate to not be down 3-0 right now. Yeah, they played well in game two. They did, but I mean, every game in the series, they've been down at least 15 at some point or another. Yeah, they definitely need to work on that, for sure. Yes. So, America, join us for unique sports perspectives that other people going to take. But y'all better look at those timestamps and realize that we said it first. And if you ever, and I mean ever, hear anybody say, butterscotch crimpets call them out hit those comment sections don't even download their next episode <laughs> you know what I'm saying but Mr. Logical Miami 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 the heat is on Miami's a very very good team I feel I need to apologize for uh, low key disrespecting them saying it's gonna get swept because I mean we'll, we'll, we'll get to the game towards the end it was it was it was way closer than the final score of the 109 to 94 and it shouldn't have been because I guess I was watching the game I text you and I'm like yo they were the lead was 21 at some point it was something like 80, I think it was like 82-61 at some point or 93-72 or something. It was something like that where it's like, and then I look up and Bam's got a jumper that could have cut it to seven. And I'm like, I've been watching the game this whole time. Yeah. And I did not see the lead, but what was happening was that Denver got the lead. The role players that they had on the floor Started, you know, getting comfortable taking shots. KCP, Bruce Brown, Michael Porter Jr. It was something like three for 17 or three for 18 last night. They missed a shot. And then Kyle Lowry will come down out of nowhere, shoot a little step back three. Mountain of youth. And it just was like, then he'd get, you know, then Duncan Robinson would just kind of throw something up. He'd hit, I think he had two. He had two in a row. So all of a sudden, that 19-point lead was like 11. Mm-hmm. Like. But Eric Spolstra was pulling the starters. 
And then Denver came down, got a layup. Duncan Robinson came down again and hit a three, and it was 10. I was like, why are the starters out of the game? And then Malone called the timeout. Spo put everybody, I think he put Bam back in. He left Duncan Robinson. I think Lowry has slipped at that point. He might have taken him out, but he had Highsmith out there. But then they had, they put the trap, the full court press on. Jamal Murray gets the ball, hits old boy. He hit him in his shoulder with his elbow. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have, even if they would have reviewed it. But, you know, in these playoffs, they've been calling it kind of ticky-tack. Right. So he gets, you know, they, if they reviewed it and he gets a flagrant, that's two shots and the ball. So two shots and the ball. So that's now you seven. And he ended up three and out of scores four. It, it could have been that crazy if mm-hmm. all that. But if, if it was a fifth, we all be drunk. Uh, I, I like Miami. <laughs> Excuse me. I like the chances in game four. Just because they didn't shoot great from three. Oh, yeah, Jokic, I got it. Jokic and Murray played, you know, 30-point triple doubles, even though Murray stayed out on the floor <laughs> just to get that last rebound. I knew Yo, he was you for it. You can you see remember, how he was running around for it. You remember when uh when Ricky Davis tried to get the triple double? Didn't he like shoot a layup at the wrong hoop? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to get the rebound. That's when I knew his days were numbered. <laughs> I saw a guy call a timeout. I guess it was like he called a timeout so he can get his first triple double, but I think he needed points. So he called a timeout, opposed the coach. like, are you serious? And he didn't even put his players on the floor. <laughs> and then he, if somebody passed the ball, he got the layup. Or he, like, missed it on purpose, got the rebound, got the layup, and had, like, a triple-double. Yeah. And it was, like, an 11-10-10 triple-double or something like that. It wasn't even, like, an important one. Uh, but, like I said, I think watching Jokic against the Miami defenders – like I said, they were going to go through him and Jamal Murray the whole game. And then they, unfortunately, they had another role player step up. Old boy Christian Brown, even though his last name is spelled Braun. I don't care what you say, it is Braun. So he dropped like 21 points. But role players got to get hot. Like I think he was something like nine for ten he was eight for nine and it usually yeah. happens at home though that's the thing yeah you, you got it like you got it. he can't you know your most role players aren't going to get 16 you know, shots a wise, a wise man home. once said you know kenny and chuck you know to win those championships it had to be the others <laughs> the others yeah but yeah so far I, I think it's a good i think it's a good series I think Jokic can just get whatever he wants. And I noticed the difference between game two and game three. Remember I say in game two, he just looked like when he was going to get those points, mm-hmm. he was coming up, he was dropping back in defense a little bit, looking a little exhausted, a little winded. Even when the shot went through, he looked a little winded. Well, yesterday he just stayed at the top of the key, making moves. And then when they put Zeller on him, it was like, all right, let me go ahead and eat. But Jimmy Butler was doing the same thing. No more Jimmy Zeller. Jimmy Butler caught the ball in the corner on the sideline in the three-point range, probably, you know, 22 feet from the hoop. He turned and had two dribbles, put his shoulder into Jamal Murray two times, and he was in the paint. Mm-hmm. 
Like Jamal Murray is just too small. Look, they said he was just a 6'4, 215. No, I nah. told you when I look at him, he looked like he's thicker, but he looks he looks smaller than Steph. Have yeah, he looks smaller than Steph to me. He's yeah, just he's, he's just not, bigger. He's, nowhere, he's 215 is a pipe dream. Yeah, I heard somebody on a podcast say that he was 6'6 last week, and I was just like, yo, no, like just get some glasses yeah. for real. He's listed at 6'4, 215, so that makes him 6'3, 205. Yeah, Jimmy, like literally two dribbles, boom, boom, shoulder, shoulder. He was in the paint. Uh, this they were they were switching. I think I thought they switched a little too much off of Jimmy and they took Gordon off him. Maybe they would, they knew Gordon was going to get a little handsy, maybe get foul trouble. So they were like, All right, for this four or five minute block, we need Aaron out there, so we're gonna have to switch it and play good help defense. But I mean, Miami did great. I think they have a great shot game for if they can shoot, if they shoot 40% from three. <laughs> because they shot 49, basically we'll call it 50% yeah, game yeah, two. Yeah. And they shot 31% game three. Yeah, just go shoot 40%, y'all. If you shoot 40, <laughs> you shoot 40 at home, you might have you might speed Jokic up a little bit. Because Jamal Murray is hitting a lot of jumpers. He wouldn't get a lot of action at the mm-hmm. rim. Sometimes the guy's on. But you know, like I said, Jokic was getting in the paint. They weren't. They couldn't really defend him, but I think he he did a good job of like managing energy, managing the Florida game, and that's why they were able to get those leads. You know, playoff Murray is the new playoff Rondo. You know? Yo, playoff Rondo was legit. I know it looked uh, different. So it's playoff Murray. Um, Jimmy Butler minus eleven plus minus last night. I'm not a big plus minus guy. Though. Well, I am. You know, <laughs> well, I am not an NBA game. I am, you know, in a, uh, in a game where it's like one goal at a time. Like if you're if you're playing soccer, you're minus four. Like okay, yeah, you didn't do shit. So you know, um, Miami had a satellite drop out the sky. Satellite Martin, Martin, comma Caleb. He was the MVP of the Eastern Conference Finals, allegedly. Now he's averaging 5.3 points on 29% shooting. Somehow he's shooting 44 from three, but 29 overall. So he's shooting pretty bad if he's shooting 29 overall while shooting 44 from three. That's step number one. Michael Porter Jr., you know how many minutes he played last night? 26, 27? 21. 21 minutes. Because Brown was getting this. Get, Brown was getting the points that they want Michael Porter Jr. to get. Yeah, Porter went one for seven. And Christian Brown, the role players don't usually do this on the road, but I will have America know because they probably forgot that he had 12 points and 12 rebounds in that national title game against North Carolina a couple of years ago at Kansas. So maybe he's just one of these big games. Maybe he's what they say Austin Reeves is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, like I said, you, you need to see it go through the hoop. And that's why I was texting you last night. Like, Michael Porter has to get to the rim. But then he got to the rim and blew the layup, and I was like, he need to go to the bench. So this it is, is why, not his night. This is why Miami is done. Book, please. So, so this is why Miami is done. Even if they win another game, they're done. This is why they're done. Because, like I said, Denver has had a 15-point lead in every game of this series at some point. 
Denver shot five for 18 from three last night. For the series, for the series, Denver is only shooting 32.9% from three. Miami shooting 37.6. So closer to that 40 that you were talking about. If, if Denver is shooting that bad, still getting 15 point leads, I don't I just don't see a path. I just don't see a path for Miami to win three more games. Because you imagine that Denver's gonna at least have one game where they shoot regular, if you will, from three point range. So where they shoot about 38 to 41 percent. Yeah, something like so. So Miami last night went 11 for 35. You know, after going like 16 for 30, they, they were 17 or something for like 35. They were 17, 17 for 35. 35. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Michael Porter in this series, seven points, 8.7 rebounds. This is the killer right here from the field, 25.8 percent from three, 16.8 percent. And Denver is still basically in command of this series. That's why I don't see the path for Miami to win this series. Even if they win another game, I just don't see the. And I said this at the beginning of the series. Even if it goes seven, Miami ain't winning. Like, yeah, but if it goes seven, is anybody's game. I no, think no, it ain't thing, everybody's game because Jimmy Butler got to show up. But, I mean, with Miami, I don't think it's one of those situations where – I don't think they need Jimmy Butler to – I think Denver needs Jokic and Murray to give you 24 to 28 points, eight rebounds, seven, eight assists. Like, between the two of them, they need to get you, like, 20 rebounds and 18 assists. I think they you need that because the Denver role players, I watch them not – like I watched Bruce Brown when he's trying to be assertive, just throw the ball away. Like every time he comes down and it's like he wants to get into the flow, he just would dribble it off his foot or I don't know what throw KCP like a bad, doing. throwing a bad pass. Yeah, KCP, KCP wouldn't take shots unless Denver was in like a little run. Like if Jokic came down and hit a jumper, Murray hit a jumper, and then maybe they got a rebound. They were they were they were running. Then he will pull up. But when the ball was getting swung to him, a lot of times he just he wouldn't pull up. It's like it's like they were they don't play, they don't shoot like they're they're in rhythm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Miami, Duncan Robinson, if that ball gets swung to him, he's gonna shoot it. Kyle Lowry is gonna step to the side and shoot that long three. Gabe Vincent's gonna pump fake and look for the three. So Miami's role players are going to shoot themselves into rhythm. Whereas Denver is kind of wait, not to say waiting, they just operate through Jokic and Murray, and then Jokic and Murray's momentum is what like, like is like a caveat for them to start playing. That's why everything was like crazy with this Christian Brown kid, is because he just was like, I'm gonna attack the rim. So you attack the rim, you get a good layup. He got the steal and the dunk. He came down and Jimmy Butler was defending him, and then he was, but he was right in front of, he's right at the rim, so he's defending him. And he kind of flicks it up one hand and it goes in, but he had seen five shots go in because he took one three to hit the side of the backboard, mm-hmm. but he hustled down and got the offensive rebound, and then I think they ended up getting a foul and they were shooting free throws or whatever. But so even his bad shot, 
he hustled down and still made something happen. Mm-hmm. Like Michael Porter Jr., he missed a shot, crashed the board, got the rebound, went for the putback, and missed the layup. And like they were like, all right, he doesn't have it. And I think he came out of the game, and that's when the kid Brown came in one on his run. Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown's the same thing. But then they put him back in because, like, that's the rotation. You put KCP, Bruce Brown, Jokic. I think Jeff Green was out there, maybe Aaron Gordon. Murray was on the bench or something. No, I think Murray and Jokic, they played a lot of minutes, like 40-plus. First teammates in finals history with triple-doubles. Yeah, but like I said. I mean, I know. I know. It is what it is. It's a stat. 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 I'm more more impressed with the 20 points in the first half for Jamal Murray and then Jokic coming out in the third quarter. And I think he went like – he went like five. He went like five for five, and then got free throws. I think he had like maybe fourteen points in the third, or something along those lines, somewhere in that range. But he he hit his first five shots in the third. So you have Jamal Murray getting you twenty in the first, and then you come out of halftime, and then get your get your points that way. So that works out too. Yeah. So you remember game one? I was talking about Bam with his uh, twenty five points on twenty six shots. Well, last night, 21 shots for 22 points. That ain't going to get it done. (laughs) That's just not going to get it done. Um, I think that both teams are moving the ball around. Like, even beyond Jokic, they have the exact same assist percentage. So both teams are doing a good job of moving the ball. The reason that I called out Jimmy Butler is just from the standpoint of the general rule of thumb throughout history, besides like the Warriors, because they went in, you know, added KD and everything. But but yeah. general, but generally speaking, the team with the best player has the advantage to win the finals. But Denver has the best two players. They they, they have the best two players and their best two players like set the tone for their like their the way their offense functions. Mm-hmm. Miami just happens to have a like a total game concept of if you're on the floor, you do you all of these jobs. And yeah, you like, know your role and you gotta contribute. Yeah. So it's like Duncan Robinson used to just be your spot up shooter. And then um now he's cutting to the hoop. And this is something I got to credit Nick Wright for because he got it from someone else and I, I heard it. So I want to repeat it. I want to give him credit for it. But what he said was, it's pretty interesting, but I don't know how true it is, but Eric Spostra will run similar to like a football team. You'll set up a play and you'll run it a couple of times early in the game. Maybe if it's successful, it, it helps a lot too. So you run this play in this situation, third and seven, you set up this play and you run it. So now in the fourth quarter, same kind of situation, the defense is set up to like, oh, this is the action that they're going to run. And then instead of Duncan Robinson or whatever, jumping out mm-hmm. for the three, he cuts back door. Right. right and that's right. why he's wide open at the rim. So something – I. I think that's what Miami, and that's where Miami could have a shot. Because at first, like I said, I called it a sweep until I watched the fourth quarter of game one, and then I watched game two, and then I watched the fourth quarter of game three. 
there's just hey, there's, there's like six quarters in there that you're disregarding. <laughs> no, 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 I watched it all. I watched it all. But I'm talking about as far as like why I feel that Miami has. I think Miami can win Game Four because Jokic and Murray gave you. They gave you know before Murray hit the uh got that last rebound. He still had gave you like thirty and ten, but. Bam out of Bayou hits that jumper. The lead is seven with the minute 13, minute 15 left. When it was just 19 for like six minutes left. You know what I'm saying? So like that kind of grind at Miami, they just seem to out mentally just grind the other team to the point where, yeah, you get that lead. But when we get that lead from 16 to 8, now your coach is calling timeouts. Now you worry. Now you're over. Now you're jumping out on Struce, and he's kicking it to Vincent. And now you're jumping out of Vincent, and now mm-hmm. some bam setting the screen for Duncan Robinson to get a wide open look, right? And or vice versa. Like any one of those three guys can make. You can run action with those three guys versus Denver. I don't know if you're running action with Michael Porter Jr., KCP, and Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Like that action is going through. It's it's a good way to go through Joker. It's a good thing to go through Murray, but I think Miami can get a good looking three with Vincent Struess and Duncan Robinson or Lowry Vincent and Duncan Robinson on the floor. I think they can make that action work. Or they just got to knock down the shot. Mm-hmm. So if they come out game four and at the end of the first, Miami's up 28, 23, 28, 24, somewhere in that range, it's like, okay, Miami's giving you the punch. Then Denver's going to have to go back to the Jokic, Jamal Murray thing. And they were trapping mm-hmm. Jamal Murray. And he was he almost threw it away more than the one time he did, but he threw it away in the fourth. Mm-hmm. You get tired. You get tired of fighting over that trap. Mm-hmm. They made the adjustment by bringing, I think they brought Christian Brown up to catch it. At like they moved Jokic over instead of him when he set the screen and they trapped, he came to the side to like so he couldn't get any help defense from behind. And mm-hmm. then somebody else cut where Jokic would have normally been. So they're throwing it to the middle of the floor, you throw it to the side, mm-hmm. and you move it that way. So they made the adjustment, right? I'm pretty sure Spo is going to make an adjustment to that. Like, okay, cool. right. Just let Jokic catch the it. auto adjuster. You step up and don't let the cutter come. Mm-hmm. And then we could just try to trap Jokic over here. So, yep. And uh, by the way, the Vegas Knights with the goal. So, game three of the Stanley Cup finals up 2 0. Vegas is up 2 1 with 428 left in the second period. So, you know, um, the other thing, you know, that everybody made a big deal about coming into the series was the Denver size advantage. You know, well, last night they out-rebounded Miami 58 to 33. You know, and so when you put all this together, it's just one game. It's just one game. But these are things like that rebound stat, maybe not out-rebounding them by 25, but – this is something that Denver can do. Denver can out-rebound Miami by, say, 13 every game for the rest of the series. So that's where it becomes important to what you were saying, where game after game one, you said, what's the adjustment? I said, Miami just got to play better. They got to shoot better. That's the adjustment. You can't leave the rebounds out there for Denver to get. You know, yeah, because um, they're getting all of them. Yeah, because they're getting all of them. You know, um, everybody wanted to know, 
how Denver will react to adversity. You know, Mike Tyson always said, you know, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Are you not satisfied? You know, Denver came out and took that game by the horns. Yes, everything you said is true about Miami coming back late in game, both game one and uh, game two, three. And then they also obviously came out like gangbusters at the start of the fourth quarter in game two. But like I was saying, there's a there's nine other quarters involved in that equation. Like Miami played good in those three quarters, but there's nine other quarters that took place over yeah, the course of these three one, games. But one of those quarters got them a win. One of those so, quarters got them a win, and two of them did not. Two didn't, and that's why they're down 2-1. All so probability like, here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, listen, I'm not saying I would – I wouldn't bank on that strategy, but I will – attest to like my prediction is based off of you know past information i've learned right 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 so in regards to miami i think that the the way they pounce on you in the fourth quarter there was a stat that popped up on the screen last night that nba teams this season were like one in 117 by down Enter the fourth quarter down by eight or some 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 number like that. It was one and something triple digits. Miami was four and five, now four and six in these playoffs, being down eight entering the fourth quarter. So it is not a style you want to go with, but if you're a boxer and you're historically really, really, really good in nine, 10, 11, and 12. I don't think you panic if you're not doing great rounds one through eight because you know intrinsically I'm still good nine through 12. I think Miami knows we can make adjustments mm-hmm. based on what – maybe, and, and I think this is kind of prevalent because the Denver role players, they're not making Miami pay for – essentially there's no defensive adjustment on yeah. KCP – Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron, Aaron Gordon. None of these, like, there's no defensive attention given to them. Michael well, Porter, like, see, when when Aaron Gordon got that rebound and got the dunk, mm-hmm. he was being guarded, guarded, so to speak, by Max Struess, and he took it right to the rim and dunked it. There's, I don't think Spo is making any real adjustments on those guys because they're flat out just not making any shots. So if the role players for Denver – the ones that play the most minutes, not uh-huh. a surprise guy off the bench, right. but like Bruce Brown, KCP, Michael Porter Jr. If they're not making their jumpers, then he can just stick to the strategy of let me get the ball out of Murray's hands. Let me make Jokic go 41, 10, and 3 again, and we can win. Right. And I think if 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 these role players, if they don't lock down shots in game four, that's going to be the formula because when they weren't knocking down shots in game two, Jokic was just – Murray was on the bench a lot. That was one thing that I noticed in game two that was different in game three. Game three, Jokic and Murray, I think they matched their minutes a lot. They were on the floor together a mm-hmm. long time. But it was working because they both got you over 60 points. Mm-hmm. But if Jamal Murray's jumper's not falling because you can't just dribble through that zone and right. get to the rim. Right. So if the, if the jumper's not falling for him – then Miami can keep that that same defensive pressure on those two, 
and turn Jokic into the guy that gets you 41, 10, and 3 again. Well, and I, think that, that's what the, I think that's what they're banking on. That's what we talked about. We've been talking about that since we've been talking about Jokic in this playoff run. Well, you know, the Miami fans, the good news for them is that they know that the Heat aren't going to cheddar bomb themselves. So Denver's going to have to beat them. Like, like Miami reminds me of – we were talking about Marcus Canby the other day and my guy Carmelo Travieso. Um, and they had a slogan when, Mar- when uh, Calipari was the coach. And they're uh, on the back of their shooter's uh, shirts that just said, refuse to lose. You know, that's Miami. They refuse to lose. You know, like Denver has to pull out the machete. And that's where I would be a little concerned if I was a Denver fan is that why can you not? You're already up 15. Why can't you maintain that? You don't got to get it up to your plan. You don't got to get it. You don't got to get it up to twenty five. I know, but you don't got to get it up to twenty five or anything. But just maintain the fifteen point lead. It's it's hard, man. Like if think about this, like like I said, think about this. You got Jimmy, Jimmy, Bam, Duncan, Lowry, Martin on the floor. None of these guys are world beaters. Bam Adebayo is really good at the position he plays, but he plays on the size. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's tenacity. Duncan Robinson is considered a defensive liability, but he's an offensive threat. Kyle Lowry is older, crafty, he'll grab the hell out of you. And Caleb Martin struggling. So, 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 but so. you leave like you can't leave any of those guys because the two man action with Martin and Lowry could work. Jimmy Butler attracting attention, kicking at the Duncan Robinson works. And that's and that's why Miami is able to claw back in. Because if you put Kevin Love and you take Bam out of Bayou out, you can still run that same action. If you put Struess and you put Duncan Robinson on the bench, it just seems like everybody that comes onto the floor for Miami is like they match the role of the person that they sub out. Whereas when Jamal Murray is on the bench, they put Reggie Jackson in the game, game two. He hadn't played – he played, like, under 20 minutes the whole playoffs because yeah. it's like you can't put – you can't leave KCP out there and and have him run the Jamal Murray action with Joker because he just doesn't – they don't – Yeah, he doesn't do that. Game. Yeah. Bruce Brown doesn't do it this way. Reggie Jackson is a chucker. Yo, at the end of the half, it was like, yeah, I mean, he's shooting that. Granted, yeah. it's the end of the half, but it was right, like right. six seconds. He, he took, like, eight dribbles and set it up and still shot, like, a 35-footer. But he's like, I'm not getting any more minutes, and that's <laughs> and that's the difference between what I think Miami's role players. Yeah, so and that's why that lead that gets to 16 gets cut down to eight because when your lead gets to 16, you either you take Jokic out or you take Jamal Murray out. I don't. Well, I, I rarely take both of them out. Well, well, what I think it all has to go through one guy. What I think is even more impressive because you know I was running down the reasons of like the things that Denver weren't doing as good as Miami, but yet they're still winning. Like the other thing that stood out to me is that Miami's only averaging just a hair over seven turnovers in this series. You know, so in these three games, 23 turnovers total. Denver has 36, which isn't a lot, 12, you know, per game or whatever case may be. But that's just another one of those things that the Heat are doing better than Denver. And it just doesn't matter yet. You know, maybe that'll add up as we go deeper into the series. If Miami can keep protecting the ball and get more shots for those guys that you're bringing up, maybe that'll 
helps swing. I mean, look, it's a series. You know, if it was over, yeah. we, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. So it yeah. is it is a series. You know, and each I'm, game I, has its I'm, own identity. Yeah, I'm kind of like I look at it like this. It's the same argument. Like I said, the same argument I had back when the Lakers played the Heat in 2020. It's not the same for Jokers, but Jimmy Butler had the 40 point triple doubles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Heat won two games. Jokic, which is 30 point triple doubles, and the Nuggets won both games because he got the 10 assists. Granted, 20 rebounds is like the fact that we're not even really like enamored with the fact that he went 32 <laughs> 20 and 10 it just shows you how good of a basketball player is right we've been talking about this for 32 minutes and that was the first time me mentioning he went 32 20 and 10 right right like it's just he because he does that so well so, and so here's the wins here's a question i just thought about uh why you were saying that like it just popped into my head do you think that that finals has an effect on how Jimmy's playing now because he's not necessarily trying to take over in that way. He's let, like, do you think it's a matchup thing or do you think like he learned something in that finals? I think, I think they learned, I think they learned a lot about their team since then because a lot of NBA teams have like, Fire coaches and cut players and traded players and traded young talent. It it feels like a lot of teams made moves to try to manufacture a championship team. Whereas Miami, they were a one seed last year mm-hmm. and they were eight this year. They didn't fire the coach. They didn't they didn't have a fire sale to trade. They were literally probably a shot away from the finals last year. Exactly. When Jimmy so, hits that three. Who knows what happens? So now we talk about Boston. Boston went to the NBA Finals last year, East Conference Finals this year, and we're ready, like not we, but the proverbial sense of like the fan base, they're ready to get rid of the coach and maybe move Brad Stevens back down to the bench. It's like all these crazy things are happening, whereas Miami is like, yeah, we were one seed last year, almost made the NBA Finals, and now we're in the play-in. Brad Stevens away from the bench for a reason. Yeah, so there's no panic. So I think Jimmy Butler, he just needs to play. He just needs to see the ball go through the hoop early, play better. Because they kept switching people onto him. And Jeff Van Gundy was like, every person they switched onto him, he would say, yeah, that guy has the size, but he doesn't have the lateral quickness. Or, this guy has a lateral quickness, but he doesn't have the size. And it was it was always some advantage Jimmy Butler had. Right. It's just that he has to make the layup. And he 11, 11 for 24. He has to just go up and get to the foul line because what he was doing, he was pump faking, pivoting, and they were just waiting on it because he did a lot. He did it against Boston. Oh, he was doing he was doing the D weight thing where he was just like shooting and throwing himself all over the floor, like you know. And I'm like, you're not going to get that call right there. See, but what he was, he'd get to the paint and he would get two feet down, pump fake, pivot off of it, and they were just like, so the defense was just like one person will go here. And then the other person would go here, and then Jokic would just come over the top with his long arms. It's like, yo, you just got to take that into the chest of Jamal Murray. You got to take it into the chest. Like, don't try to go around Jeff Green. Just go through him and get the foul and get the free throws. That I don't understand they gotta- why they're not going at Jokic more. Like, this is not Anthony Davis that we're talking about. He will about. let him go. This is not Clint Capella. Well, I mean, I he know. But, like, but, but if he's going to let you go, go score. 
he what he's gonna do? <laughs> he's going he swipes at the ball. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get any body fouls because he doesn't right, jump. Right. Right. But he just he just swipes in the area of the ball to make you do this. He bounces. He bounces. He bounces. Yeah. He bounces <laughs> and, he, and, and that's it. I was yeah. I was watching it. Then Aaron Gordon's the guy that jumps mm-hmm. and gets the foul calls because like Jokic didn't get the third foul until the fourth quarter. Yeah, Gordon was in all kinds of foul trouble yesterday. <laughs> like he just, but he, that's that's what I said. They were they were switching them and it was like, all right, right, you're gonna you're gonna switch it. No, now you're gonna drop back because we need you to get through this. So then we can bring Jeff Green in for a few minutes. So who's gonna bring in Chris Paul? Cause I don't see it. I mean, I got my. <laughs> I mean, you ready to take this shot? So I'm about to say my favorite thing. Gets a lot of soft tissue injuries. <laughs> <clears throat> and I tell people all the time, I've never been fast enough to pull a muscle like on my own. Just my, just my speed and athleticism causes me to injure myself. Has never happened because I'm just not fast. So I don't know how long it takes to heal. Like I just, I've never, I never experienced that. Any of those. Quad muscle hamstrings, hamstrings yeah. or calves. I just, I just, I'm, I've always been like a very even paced dude. Like I've just never been. He still, he still got more injuries to come. No quick twitch muscles and stuff for me. So he's got a few more left because uh, he what 38 this year. He's 38, but I mean, if you think about it, if if depends on how he treats his body. Like if he treats, if he treats it well. Like if he's not out here. Drinking yak, smoking cigars every chance he gets. Like 38 seems like a lot. The only thing about the 38 that would, you know, concern me is like, can you defend guys like Jalen Green? Can you defend Cade Cunningham? Can you defend some of these young big no. guards? Or okay, Kim what was it? What was it? Uh, Patrick Beverly called him a cone. <laughs> yeah, traffic cone. But you can be a traffic cone if you can run him to, let's say, Robert Williams. If you go to Boston, uh-huh. if you can kind of direct traffic that way, because I saw something Gilbert Arenas. So I want to give him credit on his his, his podcast. Marcus Smart is ranked twenty seventh out of thirty starting point guards. And Derek Williams is ranked. Oh yeah, is uh, ranked. Derek White or White? Yeah, Derek White is ranked 29th. special teams So their point guard play in Boston could use a bit of an upgrade. You know what? I'm so done with you right now. Literally, like two or three episodes ago, when we were talking about are they going to trade Jalen Brown or whatever, I literally said Marcus Smart got to go. I didn't say he got to go, though. I don't think Marcus Smart has to go. I don't think he has to go. I just say you you can just make him your 3 and D two guard. Either you bring him off the bench as your – you can move him to your three – you can make him your 3 and D two guard where he can just use all of his energy playing like the defensive player of the year. And shooting open threes that are next, set up by Chris Paul. Chris I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's the move, but like if mm-hmm. if you bring in Chris Paul, I don't think you you don't lose Marcus Smart's intensity versus like if give me like if if Houston brought in Kyrie, somebody got to go. You would lose like you would lose like a couple of those guys' minutes, like their opportunities to shine and show you what they can do. You can't you can't do it when you bring in a guy like Kyrie because he doesn't set guys up. I know, but somebody somebody got to go. Like so so like so like look at the Bulls right um, when Jordan was young, 
And, you know, he was scoring all the points. I think he even averaged 37 one year. And they were getting first-round exits and whatnot. Then, you know, Scotty came in. They got some other pieces, and it started to take off. This unit has been together for six years now. They've got to all these conference finals. They got to the finals once. I'm not saying it needs to blow up. I'm just, just saying something's got to change. We just talked about we just talked about Miami. They played in 2020 mm-hmm. with the young Tyler Hero, young Duncan Robinson, Bam out of Bayou. Jimmy but Miami Bar- also doesn't come with the expectations that Boston has. <clears throat> but that's the thing. I don't. We talked about we talked about the championship numbers in our pre meeting. I think it's just this thing that they have expectations. But you and I have been alive since 1981, and they have four championships in that time mm-hmm. frame. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have more because people talk about it like they have more, but I don't think the expectations are that high. I think the expectations are high now because they have success. They they didn't have any success. What was it any? They had very little success before they had the Boston three party with KG, mm-hmm. Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. The Paul Pierce, Boston Celtics, they were. I don't even know if they were making the playoffs. I know they were like bottom of the Eastern Conference. He and made the Eastern Conference Finals once. I, before the Boston I guess, yeah, I believe he lost. I believe he lost to the Nets in one of the years that the Nets went to the finals. Okay, so then, but even with that, that's not that's not a championship standard. So then they had their two NBA finals in three years, and in the middle they had the whole. They had an opportunity to put the Miami Heatles down. Didn't happen. So now Boston's expectations. Yeah, two thousand two. Yeah, are based like Miami like expectations for championships are based on the group that's there now. So I don't think you blow that group up and still have expectations. But I do think you can bring in CP3 and still and your and your your Jalen Brown production won't change. It might, I mean, it could improve. Your Tatum, you know, production could improve. And then you can just have Marcus Smart play your three and D. Shooting guard, you could bring Derek White off the bench as the backup to Chris Paul because you know he's not going to play a ton of minutes. That's, I mean, I think that's a viable place for him. Obviously, you, you're going to get a, a bunch of articles of anonymous GMs that say stuff like Chris Paul's dream is to play with LeBron James in LA. But I'm like, I don't know how much. I don't know <laughs> bringing in another guy who has injury history. That's the last and, thing they need. And hoping that they all can play X number of games together. It's like it just doesn't seem like that that's the like last. That. That's the last thing they need. It's like three guys in their ages are like a hundred between like Chris, the three of them. Like Chris Paul is an injury away from being out for the season. Like so far, it's just been a game. You know, like two, three games. You know, like. As he, I don't know. It hurts me to watch Chris Paul play basketball now. Like, I love – like, I have a love-hate relationship with Chris Paul. Like, you know, I hate some of the things he does, like punching people in the nuts, you know, but I like the mentorship. Yeah, Patrick Beverly said that he, he's, he's like – people around the league would call Chris Paul the dirtiest player. Like, if you ask guys in yeah. the league, like, who's the dirtiest player, and like, Chris yeah. Paul. He's like, but I, but I also him. know the value that he brought to OKC, for example. You know, so, like, there's definitely something to – having a Chris Paul on your team. But I a think 33 year old Chris Paul, but, but like I, yeah, talking, that's what I was about to, that's great. just what and I was it, about it, to say. Like, if you're, like if you're expecting that. Chris Paul to be <clears throat> like if you're Boston or somebody of that ilk. If you're ready heard, for him to I play 38 somebody, games. Yeah, I heard somebody say Milwaukee, you know, would be a good fit. And I'm like, no, you keep Drew Holiday just because of defense, first of all. Or you like upgrade Drew Holiday to somebody that can help Giannis score more. 
but you ain't bringing in Chris Paul for that reason. He can't keep up with them. But the Chris, I think Chris Paul in Milwaukee is the same concept, concept as as Boston. Yeah. It's like yeah. you just move your guy who plays defense and plays a point to just playing defense. Um, but I don't know how that works for team chemistry. You think about, you know, they're talking about should he reunite with James Harden and go to no. Another thing, what kind of money does he want? Because I read and he got waived. I think he still gets 15.8 of his 30 yes. million because he was waived. So he gets yeah, that's guaranteed for next year, but nothing the year after that. Yeah. So it's like, is that enough for him to want to go? Well, according to um to Chris Haynes, he wants to play a few more seasons and contribute to a championship team. Like, I don't know if he's got a few more seasons in him. So 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 like when it comes to contenders. Or teams that are called contenders, because I don't really believe that one of these teams I'm about to say is a contender. Okay. But but the two teams that I came up with that have championship aspirations, if James Harden leaves Philly, I could see Chris Paul in helping Philly. Um, at, from the, at least from the standpoint of mentoring Maxi and I guess enhancing the point guard that Maxi could be in the future. Um, the other team that I said is not a contender is for one year only. You already brought you brought in Russell Westbrook, so you're willing to do anything. Just one year with the Clippers. Paul, K, K, PG and Kawhi, one last ride. See what happens. That's all I'd I got. Bring, I'd rather bring Rondo back. Uh, for, for, for contenders, for teams that are considered to be in championship races and like playoffs, th- those are the two teams that stood out to me. Now, if you're talking about teams that have no chance in hell at winning a title, I got a couple of those. I got a couple of those. So, you know, the first one, and I mentioned this for Kyrie Irving as well, is Chicago. And that would be kind of ironic because he'd be probably replacing Pat Beverly, but you know, or on the same team with Pat Beverly. But uh if, but if Pat Beverly's not leaving, I wouldn't we saw LA do it <laughs> with Russ and Pat Bev, and they all they all try to dance and sing kumbaya. I was like, yo, we have YouTube. We we've seen your relationship. We have the like no, it's not gonna work. All right, so I thought because I really, 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 really hope that the Wizards draft the point guard. So you see P3's mentorship sort of like how he was in OKC. Maybe Brad Beal finally becomes the player that everybody thinks he is already. Brad Beal does not care at all. I think he just likes playing (laughs) basketball. I think he likes having money so he can fund the neighborhood. I know he's big in in St. Louis. I know he's big in the AAU world. He's like a coach. I don't think he gives a damn about championships like i said you and i we had this conversation before right right it's like, right it's it's this idea fans want championships fans right. want the championships so they can count it uh i heard chris Bussard today he was talking about like and they were talking about a clip with uh chris paul he was like and someone someone like kind of like half mentioned like the lakers he was like i don't want to talk about the lakers he's like he's like i'm kind of yes, he like, he's like yes, i'm kind of sick does. of teams like just wanting to kind of just give LeBron all these things so he can win a championship. He's like, it's it's there's more teams out there. He's like, 
I don't, you know, you just, and I get that part. It's just like the Yankees. It, it might be a situation, but with the Yankees, it was like they would just go get the player with their own money. Right. It was right. like, hey, you, we have money, we'll get you. And it's like, okay, that's that's the playing field. We have more money than you. Right. Or we're willing to spend three hundred million dollars on one guy because he's left handed. He throws. And now the Mets try to do it. How about that, Chris? <laughs> they'll be all right. They'll figure it out. It's New York. Somebody's <laughs> gonna get to the money. Uh, but with Chris Paul. I was talking. I was talking to my dad the other day. We were talking about guys who, who, who might have played an extra season too long. Uh-huh. And I was like, I saw a video of Dirk walking, and I was like, Oof. he looked like he played in the NFL. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I don't remember any years where Dirk had ACLs or he missed a lot of time. I don't remember like Dirk just being like injured from like the knees down. A uh-huh. lot. But he walks. He walks like Earl Campbell walked. <laughs> and I was like, yo, you were playing basketball, but it was one of those things. Like, yo, you might you might want a championship, but you also should want to like really evaluate like what you got going on in your life. Because like you might not get a championship team. Like yeah. you said, maybe Boston brings you in, but they don't need to. So, so I had two more teams. So, so my other, so my other non-contender, one of my other non-contenders is Utah. You know, uh, young team, lots of draft picks coming in. He can be the mentor, adult in the room, potentially get an early start on a coaching career. You know, and then the last team that I thought about. Now they already got a point guard who they got this year in a trade. But next year is the last year on his deal. So maybe you do a trade deadline thing. But I don't think I would mind seeing him in Minnesota. I'm my my I mean, I don't know. I mean, is Mike Conley because I think they're ready to, to move on. Like I think they're ready to trade Carl Anthony Towns. I just think that Minnesota is going to be in the middle of a rebuild. Maybe if they start out, I mean, they gave Bear. You know, they gave up the everything. They, they gave a bunch of stuff for him, and I think they're taking on that money that they're Utah not getting gave. rid of Anthony Edwards. Not getting rid of Anthony Edwards. Call Anthony Towns. Maybe he comes to the table, wants a new deal, and they're gonna be like, "Nah, we don't." Well, he got maxed deal. already. But you know, they get remaxed. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I remember, Steph got his deal, and then he got maxed out. James Harden got a deal that he got maxed out later. I think Michael Porter Jr. has like a max deal too in, in Denver. Uh, so I mean, you got you can't go to Denver because they got the the you know, point center already. Maybe maybe he could join James Harden in Houston. And then you realistically, pass. the best spot for him was Phoenix. I mean, they just made the finals three seasons ago. Two, two seasons ago, three so seasons ago. I don't know how it works. If you waive a player, that's I think he has to go to another team and then get waived by that team for you to bring him back. But well, there was also some I'm confusion sure. too because some people were saying that he wasn't going to get waived, like maybe a sign and trade or. But but now that the wave waiver is out there, like nobody's going to trade for him anyway. Yeah, no one was no one was gonna trade for Chris Paul anyway because his contract was thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, eight hundred thousand dollars for every year he's been alive. It's I will like, say, no one's gonna I, pay him that. 
I will say, not that he shoots a lot, obviously, but during the regular season this year, he did shoot 38 from three, you know, uh, which was up from 31 last year. But then in the playoffs, it dipped back to 32. So the season went on and those legs got tired, you know. Yeah, so, and, the, and, the, and the drawback for him is that Chauncey Billups was like a six foot four point guard who could, at, if he if he played an extra year, just his body could help you defensively. Mm. His his size could help you. Chris Paul, because he's six foot six one, it you know it might be a defensive liability. That's why I said Boston would make Boston would work. I, I don't know if any of these places make sense. I just uh-huh. think Boston would work. Because he, they already have everything they need. I'm pretty sure they probably move Horford, and what Horford was giving you, you can get with another about time. another, another about time. activity guy, like another guy, you know, eight nine years in the league, a Jeremy Grant kind of guy. It's about time like for that. Horford. It's about time for Horford to go be a family man too. It, I don't like. I said I don't know what the drive and the desire is. For some of these players, what about the pasture? Is the one championship enough? Like, I mean, does he need to talk to Charles Barkley or Drexler or these other guys that didn't get championships in the league? It's like, yo, hey, Drexler did get one. Oh, he, yeah, he got one in Houston, my bad. But, like, you know, because we're gonna have the same conversation with Dame Lillard. And on top of that, it's like, if you are a team and Dame Lillard potentially is out there and you got to give up some assets. Or you could try to get Chris Paul for free. It's like, well, I'm gonna yeah. potentially hold off. Like, if Boston's like, yeah, we can make something happen, we can get Dame Lillard in here. I think they don't move on CP3. Mm-hmm. Now, I would it, like to see Dame Lillard in Miami since that came up. That would be a nice. I like Kyrie in Miami. Honestly, I think that'll work. I don't know where I like Kyrie because after about 30 games, he's going to be upset and tired and want to leave it. Yo, he had reason <laughs> to be upset in Brooklyn. And we, we should be able to all say now, like, Brooklyn did not manage their Well, what happened in Boston? Assets. Well, Boston, I mean, you see how they're treating Jalen Brown. You see how they're treating Emma Adoka. You see what they did to Brad Stevens. You see what they did to Danny Ainge. They don't have a great track record of how they treat people either. I don't know what they did to to Udoka. Udoka just, they, they Udoka just went to the wrong Gordon keyhole. Hayward. He just went to the wrong keyhole. I don't you know. know what so it's like they, they 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 did a lot of you know it's a lot of things they do in Boston. Look what they look what they're doing to Grant Williams. Oh, you try to he hit me get a soft spot. You try to hit me in my soft spot. He didn't get a lot of playing this year, <laughs> his contract year. That's why he was firing up all those threes. Yeah. So, you know, so like I said, it just might be a situation where. Or like, I think I think the Kyrie I think the Kyrie being unhappy I think is overblown. I think he just I like a lot of players might be unhappy. I think he just takes that action like yo I'm gonna do it. Is but, Chris Paul gonna be on a roster when the season starts? Uh, or is he gonna or is this gonna be like a mid season? Hey, Chris Paul's out there. Who could he help? And he's rested, no injury. The I mean, I imagine somebody's going to bring him in just because he's Chris Paul. No, I don't think so. I, I think the allure of Kyrie being available because we're going to consider. I'm going to consider them available because of all the rumors and everything else. Kyrie being available, Dame Lillard being available, 
Yep. NBA draft two weeks from tonight. The NBA draft. Some of these teams like Orlando that have two picks in the top 12. Do they move off of Jalen Suggs and then you try to bring him in? I think Does so. Does Detroit move off Kay Cunningham? So no. he's like, do they move off Jay Ivey? Like, I mean, no. like, I'm not saying that they would. No, no, I know. I'm just answering the question. If you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking at players that can move, Jalen Suggs of definitely point is on my radar as somebody who a lot of maybe out of there. Move. And Orlando's trying to, you know, give trade six and eleven to move up in the draft to try to get into the top three or four. But I don't where's, know who's play where is Russell Westbrook going to go? Because Russell Westbrook is an aging point guard that doesn't like like it's the last few seasons hasn't really for lack of a better phrase hasn't cre- contributed to winning so he would well, go I know PG to, wants to keep him he would like if he had to leave LA he would have uh-huh. to go to one of those teams that like I don't know if he can go back to Washington does he He could he could is he one of those guys <laughs> that ends up like I mean you got Trey Young potentially on the move. Does Westbrook end up in like Atlanta if they move off of Trey Young? Because if they move off of Trey Young and they want to bring in another guard, would you another bring a CP3? Guard, yeah. Would you bring a CP3 or Westbrook? Well, I'll I would take the, the younger athletic in, guy. I probably wouldn't bring in CP3 just because I don't know what he does for that. Like he makes every team better, you know, just off of how he sets everybody up and how unselfish he is. But I just don't think at him and DeJounte Murray just doesn't sound like that just doesn't sound it like, looks I mean it would pro- it probably operates a lot like him and Devin Booker. No, because cause Murray's He'll not get that 24 type shots. Of, but he's not that type of threat that Booker is, like the triple threat and you know, like he's more of a Russell Westbrook type than a Devin Is he Booker that type. because he was sharing the floor with Trey Young? He's that because he can't shoot. Is it a is it a Mikel <laughs> Bridges thing where you just you let him you let him kind of cook? I don't he, know because I mean he starts getting you 30. I don't know because he had his own team in San Antonio, you know. But they didn't let degree. him cook in San Antonio, you know. That that's why he got shipped off. He talked, he talked about that in I think on the All the Smoke podcast. Hey, he was like, I, I just think he couldn't cook. Not that he's a bum or anything like that, but everybody ain't meant to be that type of player. Like he's a good player, but I don't know if he's he's but an he's all a, around. He's player. good enough to the point where they traded him so they can get the number one pick. At some point within the two seasons that they moved them, because they moved them, it was this they moved year, them last offseason, right? So it's yeah, the first year in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, "We need to get this seven foot five kid out of France." So Murray on the team is going to cause us problems because he has enough talent to where we would win games. Yeah, he's talented, but I'm just saying he's not of that level of a Devin. Yeah, but most or... most guys as an individual aren't really of that level, especially when you're on a terrible team. But if you, like I said, if you move them and you give them Chris Paul, but like I said, with all these point guards potentially on the move, I'm not sure if Chris Paul, especially because he ended his season injury, if he just ended the season and it was a poor performance. Like they just got beat by Denver. I will never. And he just didn't play well. I, I will think never forgive people will still give him a shot. I will never forgive Chris Paul for robbing us in that series against the Warriors. When, when they he were, hurt his hamstring. Yeah, they were up three two. What was going to happen in that series? Like you know what I mean? Like I, I have to know there has to be they, an alternate reality here. 
they would have won because Chris Paul would have taken the 16 foot, 13 foot, two and not point, let them miss 27 and straight not, threes. And not go to 0 for 27 for that many minutes, however many minutes it was. And then he they would have lost to the Cavs anyway. Yeah, they would have lost to the Cavs. <laughs> no doubt about it. Because Kyrie would have eaten them alive. Yeah. And then James Harden, like, would just, it was, there's no way James Harden would have been able to match the energy of LeBron James because LeBron James would have been all over. Yeah. If I remember correctly, too, I think that was the year Harden won MVP. No. No, it was the year before, maybe. It was somewhere so, in that window because I know Durant. people. No, because that was that was a Steph. That I, was no, that wasn't Steph here because Steph had the ring. Because I know people. I have some technical difficulties. You know, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, uh, you know. we only got like 10 seconds. It's good. It happens. It happens when yeah. you have a good show, man. Someone's yeah. tapping us, stealing yeah. our ideas. Somebody about to steal my Cheddar Bob line. Yo, if that happens, <laughs> if it happens, I'm a spaz. Uh, but yeah, know. like I said, I think that year would, it would have been good. I think that, so that was the 2017 NBA Finals. I think it, I think it was because it went Durant. Or was it Westbrook? That was a Westbrook. That was the yeah, first got, year. He got right? it. Harden got it 2017-18. So that would have been the year after. Yeah, so that was that was a year that Westbrook won with the triple double because Kevin mm-hmm. Durant went to Golden State. So it was right. like the whole even without Kevin Durant, he's still out here doing his thing and he averaged a triple double for the season. Yeah. So you know, tripling, tripling. The soccer prices are more than tripling from what I've seen. Lionel, Lionel Messi is on his way to the USA. Times. So, so what I saw was uh, for the game uh, on the 21st of July, the cheapest ticket you could get was $29. Yep. And now the cheapest ticket you can get is $467. Yeah, the, I think for one of his home games, potentially – well, we don't the know tickets, yet, but yeah, they generally they were generally forty to fifty five dollars for like a good ticket. Yeah, that ticket's four ninety five now. Yeah, so we don't know when he's actually going to make his debut. You know, uh, that's not public information just yet. So we'll see. They have a game next week, July, or I'm sorry, next week, next month, July eighth against DC United, where people think that could be the target, but we don't have an official. This is when he's going to play. So man, like, but in, talk about impact, you know. Talk about somebody listening to the podcast. <laughs> I said this. I said this a couple. This was of a whole ago. get it off my chest. It was like, yo, everybody just gives a cut to Messi from every team. Just you give him a cut uh-huh, to uh-huh. give him enough money. To get yeah. to MLS, yeah, you know, because talking about money, there's a report that he turned down <laughs> three years, one point six billion dollars from a Saudi Saudi Arabian team. That's what a B, y'all. It's a B. <laughs> Five hundred and thirty-three million dollars a year. 
And you you know who owns uh, this team, right? Go David Beckham. Yeah. Sir David Beckham. You know, because I was thinking about this, and, you know, we saw Pele come through and some other high notable soccer player, international soccer players come through the U.S., but we Slots weren't on Ibrahimovic. We, we, yeah, we, but we weren't where the U.S. is now. I think the U.S. is starting or in the middle of becoming more soccer aware. You know, um, you know, we've had the success with the women's team in the Olympics, you know, uh, in, in, I'm sorry, the World Cup and in the Olympics. And then the World Cup this year, U.S. and England was like the match that you had to see. So, so he's coming in at a time where I think the public is wanting more soccer, whereas when Pele and those other guys came, soccer wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, just real quick on the on the on the five thirty three a year. That's one point four million dollars a day. One point <laughs> essentially round up to one point five million dollars a day. Uh, I don't know. I don't know when you got stationed at Hill, but I was there. I got 2011. there in 2011. Okay, so I got there in two thousand six. We had Real Salt Lake. They used to play at Rice Echo Stadium. That is the University of Utah football mm-hmm. stadium. Uh-huh. Real Madrid came to. They did like a friendly against Real Salt Lake, and David Beckham was on that team. I don't think I think Cristiano Ronaldo was still on Manchester, but David Beckham was on the team. The capacity for Rice Echo Stadium is like forty four thousand five hundred. There was 44,500 people at that game. It was, I mean, the soccer stadium, it wasn't even a soccer field. It was a football field. It still had the football numbers painted on it. So it was like, it was like the infancy of Real Salt Lake, but yet we still got this big European team, Real Madrid, led by David That's my team, by the way, y'all. That's my team. They came out, so the stadium was packed. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier in the, you know, in in our podcast, career the messy every team just pitching in because i mean look at the ticket prices everywhere every game he plays i don't know what the mls season total number games if they play 20 or 30 games it's going to be like the michael vick experience where it's sold out everywhere steph curry lebron james kobe bryant when they came in box office twenty thousand people if you have thirty thousand seats every seat will be filled and Looking at it right now, it is 10 times whatever you were charging before. Right. And to answer your question, it's 34 games. 34 games. So there's 10 times the ticket prices. So if you made a million dollars off of tickets for your after everything was said and done, you're gonna guarantee you're gonna get 34 million dollars. Just you know, just in just in selling these tickets and everywhere else, because every place is gonna get sold out. Yeah, home and away, 17 sell out and messy is going to be great he's going to be so much better than your top players it just does the team have the right guys that can take the pass off his you know that he gives them can he make the right pass because he's magic with the ball at his feet mm-hmm. especially considering this other place is going to give him 1.6 billion dollars and he's coming off the world cup Coming off the World Cup where he finally won the tears and everything else. That was that was a crazy game. Like that's one of those things that make me happy to have a TV in my office. Yeah, the only thing we were robbed. I don't of, think we watched TV as a, as an office since the World Cup. We, the only thing we were robbed of is we were like we were inches away from him against Ronaldo. 
yet. I don't know what I don't know what Ronaldo's attitude is like. It doesn't seem like it's that bad when he talks on his own, but it seems like he just he just has so many falling outs publicly with his team. He seems like he seems like he's got Aaron Rodgers face when he's on the when he's a on little the pit, bit, but then the you pitch. see something like you'll see something like he sat down for his post-game press conference. And there was a soda sitting in front. It was like two sugary drinks, like a soda, maybe like a Gatorade or a Pirate or something, and a beer. He took them all down, <laughs> put them on the floor, and he was like, drink water. He was like, you don't need these sodas. You don't need these beers. He's like, drink water. So, like, for him to say just drink water, you know, it just seems like he just has a like a bigger – like his. it doesn't seem like his personality is that big of a deal. But if he came, this guy right now, I think he's getting like $200 million from some Saudi team. Kareem Benzema's getting like 200 million. It's another star European player. So it's a lot of guys getting a lot of money. Um, maybe Messi's just doing a big favor for David Beckham, trying to expand it. Because you're going to get a lot of European players that come. A lot of them come at the when they're past their prime, not the tail end of their prime. Like mm-hmm. their European prime, they come after that's over, after they can't keep up really with. The European players, they come to the United States and they have three or four more years of prime. Like Slatan Ibrahimovic was talking about, like they were comparing him to uh, another MLS player that played in MLS his whole career. He was, and he simply said, he was like, Where did he play soccer during his prime? He goes, He's like, Where did I play during my prime? Okay, then. <laughs> That's how he is. That's how he answered the question. I love them. But I don't know if his personality was big enough. Like his soccer prowess was good, or football in Europe. And if you knew who he was, you knew it was dope. But people just knew David Beckham. He was everywhere. They had movies bended like Beckham. He was married to a Spice Girl. He's British. Mm-hmm. Slot times is big Swedish dude, and he's a great soccer player. Great personality. He has like a wrestler's personality, like a Ric Flair. Kind of like Ric Flair, like the rock, like bigger than life. He has that kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Andrew Schultz said on his podcast that LeBron James sent Ibrahimovic a jersey when he, when LeBron was a Laker, you know, obviously he's a Laker, when he got signed to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I guess LeBron sent Slatan a jersey, like welcoming him to LA, and he signed it. Like Slatan signed it. And sent it back to LeBron. <laughs> like, I don't know how true it is. It could be like an urban legend, but it does fit his personality. Like just the way he answered the question about Yeah, this might play, I don't know if that's one of those Larry Bird being offended by the white guy thing. Yeah, it might be one of those fish stories, but it just fits, it just fits the personality. So with Messi <clears throat> coming to Miami, I mean, could it just be could it just be a ploy? Is he really done in Europe? Is some European club going to give him a call? Or is is he, even as great as he is, is he legitimately like past his prime? Or has he accomplished everything he wanted to accomplish in Europe and he didn't want to deal with the stress? Well, you know, uh, this is big time. And real quick, uh, Vegas is still up 2-1 to one with 9.23 left in the third period. So, Florida, you might want to start waking up. Um, so, does this mean we're going to start getting MLS regularly on ESPN or like on Fox or something along those lines? Because now nah, you can get on Apple TV. Well, yeah, it's on Apple TV right now. The reason that I say that 
you know, is because that contract was 10 years, 2.5 billion. Um, and here's some numbers. Um, so this is from Christopher Harris of World Soccer Talk. So this was as of May 21st. So that was the closest to now that I could find. So May 21st. Um, since MLS 360 debuted in, on February 25th, each episode has been available on MLS Season Pass and as well as free for Apple TV subscribers. So as of that night of May 21st, the live and on-demand broadcast of MLS 360 on YouTube was watched 19,682 times. So I don't know if that's worth $2.5 billion over 10 years. But that number is going to jump and other people are going to come a calling, you know, while, you know, while this is going on. So you might see MLS on something bigger than Apple TV, you know, um, the Miami enter Miami Instagram followers overnight. So once this announcement was made, they went from 1 million followers to 4.8 million. So the impact is being felt. And like you mentioned, you know, um, 34 game season, 17 home, 17 away. And then you still got tournaments, you know, like uh, that July 21st game is in the league's cup. So, you know, and the way, the reason that I think that this is so big is because MLS is not even a top five soccer league in the world. I'm not even close. Yeah. I mean, it might be top 10, but it's probably number 10. Or, you know, number nine, maybe. That's the thing. I don't even think it would be top ten because every European country has a league. I know. You know, and, so they, and you got so leagues you have, in the Middle East, too. So you have you have African leagues. Mm-hmm. You have South American leagues. Mm-hmm. And then you have European. Yeah, at the leagues. very least, at the very least, you got the Premier League. You got Bundesliga. You got you the know, Champions you got, League. You got Liga. You got the... You know, you got the League of Champions, is like a relegation league. <laughs> then you have, you got Liga you have, MX. You yeah, know. then you have like so. You, Italy has their own league. Brazil, Spain has their own league. Brazil has their own league. Germany has their own league. In like the UK has their own league. But and this then is the they question. have all of European like the top teams, like the top four teams from the top European leagues. Individual but, country leagues, but, but this is the question: though. the UEFA, yeah, could could this lead to MLS improving their standing in the world within the next ten years? No, because no. you're only going to get you're going to you're going to get the best. Until, well, I would imagine that other players might come though. That, but that's the thing that with soccer, the rest of the world, for the most part, treats soccer development the way countries like Cuba, Dominican Republic, uh, a lot of these countries <laughs> in the Caribbean treat baseball development. Mm-hmm. And they look at it like, and the way we as Americans treat football development. Mm-hmm. Because like my son plays lacrosse and football. We don't pay for the football pads. And most leagues around America, you don't pay for your individual pads. It's mm-hmm. It's some kind of pot of money that comes from somewhere. Even in baseball, he bought, like, we bought his own helmet. We bought him a new bat. 
So even in a baseball league, with a lot of equipment, but with football, the shoulder pads and the helmet are always provided. Lacrosse, I had to buy the I had to buy the shoulder pads, I had to buy the helmet, I had to buy the stick, all the equipment. So the way we treat football development, tackle football, is the reason why we have so many talented football players because we start them out at four or five years old and then just can keep developing them. European countries, African countries, South American countries, they find young kids who are athletes and groom them. Not groom is a bad word. Yeah, I know what you mean. Provide provide them opportunities to join good quality Mm -hmm. leagues. There's a structure in place. It's a structure. So they go to good camps. So if you're a kid and your parent makes $10,000 a year or $110,000 a year, whatever your denomination is in that equivalent, you get an opportunity to go to this camp if they think you're going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. If they think you're good enough, you just play. Like it's and it's like here, here's a here's the neighborhood soccer league. We have 10 teams. Oh, we have enough players for 12 teams. Okay, here's the neighborhood soccer soccer league. We have 12 teams now. And they just put all their players so they develop them the whole time. Like if you put the best 56 NFL players on an airplane. And flew them to every country in the world and dropped off shoulder pads and helmets. We would beat every single team 100 to zero, and we could just run the same play the whole game. Like, it's because that's what we've done. So, European players, that's why they play. So, I don't think the MLS is going to get that spike because I don't think we'll have enough homegrown players that are as good as the European players because the, the four or five guys who are that good in America. They go to Europe. They mm-hmm. play in Europe over. So guys like Christian Pulisic, uh, Landon Donovan, when he was one of the top players, they go to Europe. And they might not even go to the top teams in Europe. They might go to the top league, but they'll go to like the Detroit Pistons of this European league. You know, so they're a professional team and you're an American player, but because they have the best league, <laughs> excuse me, because they have the best league. The best American players play there. And then when the European players or the South American players who play in the European League, when their prime is like waning or it's at the end, then they come over here. So what yes. we're going to get is we're going to have to be happy with getting the one-off superstar to come and entertain us for Past one or two his prime. Uh-huh. That's yeah. his prime, but still – it's like still if better than James, right, yeah, right. LeBron James with the China right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he won't look like 07 LeBron James, but he might. <laughs> he, he might in spurts. Yeah, yeah like he spurts. might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, or if like if AD went to a Chinese league right now, like he would he would dominate, but they got Dwight Howard. See mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like Dwight Howard is all intents and purposes, an NBA top 75 player all the time, but past his prime, past mm-hmm. his championship runs, he's in China. Michael Beasley, China. Bledsoe, Still China. messed up what they did to Marbury. Marbury out there in China. J.R. Smith was out there for a while, then he came mm-hmm. back. So it's, it's it's the equivalent of that. So I don't I don't think why Stephon Mary ain't ha- why Stephon Marbury ain't have no homeboys. What do you mean? Like, JR came back to play with LeBron. Why ain't nobody holler at Stephon Marbury? 
I don't know. How, I don't even know how Jr. Like, I think there's a documentary about him. I want to watch it on. And props to Jr. Because you know he, you know he was going to North Carolina A and T and everything, getting his degree and whatnot. So props to Jr. Smith. Yeah, he was like, I think he was voted like after the of the year. But yeah, so that I think it'll be entertaining. Um, Ted Lasso, great show. I suggest everybody watches on Apple TV. And I watched his three seasons. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like 36, somewhere between like 30 and 36 episodes. I'm not sure the exact number, but it's, it's a good amount of episodes. I, add, I added it to my list. They have like the MLS package. And on the show, they got a Nike deal. Like this fictional sport club, football club, got a real Nike deal. So you go to Nike.com and buy because you can get it off of Amazon, which is basically just some somebody mass producing this unauthorized gear or whatever. <laughs> just you know, it wasn't Nike, it wasn't Adidas, it just was like AFC Richmond, you know, they just mm-hmm. were making merchandise. Mm-hmm. Well, now, you know, season three, everybody's Nike. They had so many different combinations of jersey, Nike, check marks, and everything else. So it's a buzz, but I don't know if a TV show. And a couple players at the tail end of their prime, unless you get them all at the same time, mm-hmm. unless you get Messi, Ronaldo, Ibrahimovic, uh, Wayne Rooney. Before, like I think Wayne Rooney was a guy. He was from England. He came over. You know, Tiara and Reeve. If you got to get him in wage, you got to get yeah. Bring bring Harry Kane, sorry back. ass over here. Stuff like that. Like you're gonna have to get them, and then on top of that. These guys are going to have to maintain a superstar level because I think a lot of these leagues, when you have guys who don't wear masks, don't wear helmets, stuff like that, like the NBA is kind of losing their faces. Like we're just everyone's holding on to Steph and LeBron and KD, and it's like, all right, well, these who's next? Who's the next guy that's going to get off the plane in China and it's going to be a hundred thousand people <laughs> at the airport waiting on them? Like Kobe, when Kobe would come to, or Steph, when well, Steph, they hoping, event, they hoping that it's Air France, but then he gonna be in San Antonio though. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they watch they watched the uh, the NBA Finals in Serbia the other day. They were showing shots from them watching. It was like two thirty in the morning when it when it tipped off. Yeah. So like, so if if soccer has those kind of stars that you know these faces, these names that we just recognize. If they keep producing them, and then these guys are legends, and they because they have so many different championship opportunities, they're always hoisting the trophy. Yeah, they play for their country. They play the continent. They play for the continent. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. They play for the league. They play like a mid-season tournament. They play for their country mid-season sometimes. They play European, the World European Cup, Cup, European Cup, and every single tournament. Copa de America, all that. Copa de America, Concacaf, like. There's so many different tournaments, and if your country just lines up for whatever these tournaments are, you could just keep hoisting trophies, and then you have the football player of the year. And mm-hmm. so, it's so much exposure. So you just have to be able. Can you outbid? I don't know if you can outbid Saudi that they're out here because Kareem Benzema is a good player, but I was playing with him on FIFA probably 2013, mm-hmm. and they're gonna give him. Like two hundred and fifteen million dollars a year for the next three years. 
They're still trying to legitimize themselves. You know, WWE just had a pay-per-view there a couple of weeks ago. Like, there's another, you know, they do one a, le- one a year or something like that over there. So they're just trying to they legitimize pay, themselves. They pay celebrities 5 to $10 million to do birthday parties. Mm-hmm. Sign on as closure agreement, but they they pay. I think Jay, I think Jay and Kanye did a show in like Saudi Arabia for like five million dollars each or something like that. Or they might have done it did in Dubai for somebody from Saudi. Mm-hmm. Five five million dollars each. Ugh, five million dollars, huh? Just just to do niggas in Paris. Yo, they gave them running back money. Yeah, that's more. <laughs> that was one day. They gave uh, him, they gave him messy money, like year three days because it's five million dollars. Yeah. All right, man. So you know, free agency in the NFL has slowed down. We saw Frank Clark, you know, go to Denver today and all that. You know, there's still some free agents out there, but and he got seven and a half million dollars. Yeah, Devin Cook might get six five. Yeah, but apparently Dalvin Cook already posted pictures on Instagram, like you know, hinting that you know he's aching for the Dolphins, you know. But uh, we had in Miami, yeah, that's his hometown. You know, we had a couple of uh players that we wanted to revisit, a couple of deals in free agency that we wanted to revisit. So you know, Mister Logical, lead the way. Yeah, so you know we haven't talked much football since the season ended because we don't want to have these generic conversation about who's the best, who ranks where, blah, 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 blah. And these things over, over the Hey, time. why they, why they ranking uh, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert over Mahomes? <laughs> Again? No, no, no. I'm just messing with you. Oh. That conversation Woo. that we had. <laughs> Let me off, man. I was about to fire off here. Um, oh, the Panthers with the goal. You know, we got a tied game with 213 left in the third period. There we go. Is it under review? No, I think they're everyone's just taking a water break. Uh yeah, so I like I like some of the moves. Um I like I also like moves where guys go to another team in division just so they can play their old team twice. Yeah, I heard Dalvin Cook and uh, I heard Chicago was a was an option, but you know, he ain't gonna go to Chicago for real. No, nah, no one's gonna go to Chicago. Justin Fields has to learn. Justin Fields has to show that he can throw the ball, and move the move the offense. Um, I like like okay as a, as a Falcons fan, I like the Calais Campbell pickup. I like the Jesse Bates pickup. The only thing with me is that I'm always weary of the second team paying a guy big money for his performance with another team and scheme. Like if you like if you're an interior lineman defensively or offensively, I think you can fit any scheme if you have the effort. Minus like Albert Hainworth is probably like the anomaly. <laughs> you had to go there. I had to, you know. Uh, but for the most part, like a guy like Calais Campbell, he's coming in. Uh Jeff Okuda got, you know, they trade him for a fifth round pick. You can match him up with AJ Terrell. And then you have Casey Hayward. So you know, you're working on a secondary. And I, I like the fact that they they paid Bates and maybe he was I'm gonna say maybe, but like maybe part of his 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 ability to play safety the way he played was because the amount of good quality corners that he had in front of him. So Atlanta not just getting the safety and paying him the big money, they go get 
they, you know, they retained Casey Hayward because a lot of times Atlanta wasn't would get a guy in and have him for a year and let him go. Keeping Casey Hayward, going on getting Okuda, having AJ Terrell, getting defensive line help. They got they got a uh, Anyamata from New Orleans, and they went and got Calais Campbell. So I think the way that they're building their defense makes a lot of sense. A lot of these guys that are getting cut that we were talking about, we talked about DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you're going to get an Odell Beckham, Delvin Cook, you know, a guy like Frank Clark just going to Denver. Sometimes it might not be the fit. It just might be the fact that they just had the right number and they coordinated with your agent, but it doesn't look like a build. You know, with Carolina, you know, not necessarily a free agency move, but the way they made their trade moves and then sent their best wide receiver to Chicago. And I'm like, you know, you're going to get a young quarterback. Why not keep your best wide receiver? So I like I like those moves. I like the Aaron Rodgers to the Jet move. I don't know if it's really going to like pan out to a bunch of wins, but I do like the fact that they have young wide receiver talent. They brought in a couple of guys he's familiar with. It's just he's playing in a tough division. You know, any given Sunday, Miami can beat you with just speed and to his accuracy. Buffalo seems to always be a team that's trying to load up on defensive ends. Like they brought in Vaughn Miller, but they gave him $120 million like last offseason. But they're still signing guys. I think they sound like Leonard Leonard Floyd. So I, I like Aaron going to the Jets, but they can still they can end up third in their division and have a bad loss to New England. That just kind of makes the season look worse than it actually is, but it'll still be an improvement on Zach Wilson. Um, I like Derek Carr in New Orleans. I like his temperament. Like I like I said before, I think that's a good move. I think he, you know, his money's his money's not crazy like thirty million a year. Uh, so, like I said, I think the NFL free agency moves. It's just like a good conversation to have because it, it does really set the tone. Of, okay, what is this team going to do next year? Because some teams are going to swing for the fences. Somebody's going to pay DeAndre Hopkins a lot of money if they lose a wide receiver to an Achilles and non-contact drill here in the next month or so. Someone's going to pay him that 19 Yeah, you. if nothing else, you know them soft tissues going to show up. And soft tissue injuries <laughs> can really – I mean, including his own. Including yeah. his own soft tissue injury. Uh, Atlanta lost a guy, Avery Williams, you know, hope he recovers, but he tore his Achilles, which is just, I mean, it's such a, it's such a tough injury because it's like, it just happens. Mm-hmm. Like when Kobe tore his, it just happened. Kevin Durant had tore his like probably weeks before and they just thought they get, it would just heal. They right. thought it was a strain. And as soon as he gets in the game, he makes a couple of tough moves and it was like, you know, that's gone. Yeah, you're done here. Yeah, so those are the moves, those are the moves I like. Uh, I mean, granted, everything isn't all about the quarterback, and I know I know I talked about my own team, but I just like the way that they built around their big free agent moves because sometimes teams can go out and get the big free agent wide receiver and pay them, you know, top free agency money, but not get a left tackle so the quarterback can get this big free agent the ball. Yeah, well, I like Derek Carr. Um, for New Orleans. I don't know if I like him for other teams, but I like him for New Orleans because they were probably basically a competent quarterback away from the playoffs last year. You know, um, they had a good defense. They have Alvin Kamara. 
We'll see if he gets suspended, you know, because he still has that July 31st court date, you know, for that uh, felony battery and everything. Listen, he better settle by July 30th. <laughs> so so they signed. That's Charles yeah. Barkley. So they signed. Time. every single one. So they signed Jamal Williams. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think that I like what Atlanta's doing because the division that they're in this year is up for grabs. Any, any one of the four teams besides Carolina probably can win it. And even Carolina could win it if Bryce Young is what people think that he is. And he could have like a – you could win the division at nine and eight, you know, maybe even eight and nine. If he If he doesn't – if he keeps it under – if he can get you 20 touchdowns and nine or less interceptions, you got a shot. Yeah, because, I mean, they did pick up Miles Sanders, so he's going to have a bigger role than he had in Philly just based off necessity. So, you know, there's that. Like, he doesn't – I don't think Bryce Young has to go out there and have a 4,000-yard season or whatever. Like, that's not going to be expected or wanted this year. So, don't you know, there's – Don't throw the game away. I think they got a but, shot. But I really, I really do like the Calais Campbell pickup. You know, that's the one that I think stands out to me. You know, Jesse Bates, you just never know. So I never really thought about this until I was playing Madden, you know, where like it's like, yo, my guy's a 3-4 hybrid, but I'm playing this 4-3, bro. Like, what we going to do about this? So, you yeah. know, <laughs> you just never know. You just never know. And that's um, what I say. Like, like, most, most safeties are a product of the pass rush and the corner's Right. Making it easy for them to be like, all right, right. Cool. all I have to worry about is this. And, and even though he wasn't a safety, out of position, yeah. And even though he wasn't a safety, I always think of Namdi Ashamwa. You know, when I think of DBs in general, leaving one, unless you're like, I mean, he was top notch, but like you got your yeah. people like your Dion's and your Revises who just command whatever where mercenaries. They go. They, yeah, they, yeah. So Namdi Ashamwa, pay me this money. Yeah, Nambi Amshawah was still very good as a Raider, but then when he went to Philly, it was like, how did this dude even get drafted? You Yo, know, it was like, bad. I don't it remember any cost- injuries or he, anything like that. He he ruined. He probably had some soft tissue stuff. No, <laughs> he. I think he he might have been one of those cautionary tales to where like people were saying Detroit shouldn't have drafted Megatron because they had unsuccessfully drafted wide receivers in the years before people probably were thinking like, do I pay this free agent corner from another team to come to my team top money after we saw what Philly is currently going through. So I think uh-huh. he might've cost some guys some money. Cause it was like, this, it, was it might, it might not be the scheme. He wasn't you. in the league very long after that. He started acting. Yep. He went like he, you can see him in movies on Amazon prime is a good actor. That's but crazy. he went like he. I think he played out whatever years he had. At least he had that they, wife to go home to. Who's you know. which one was that? Yeah. Carrie Washington. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, so yeah, so like, I remember this was probably like twenty fourteen ish. I was still stationed at Hill. I went to Walmart, and I saw the original nineteen eighty five Transformers movie. You know, when we got uh, Ultra Magnus became the leader of the Autobots when Optimus Prime died, and then you got Hot Rod turned to Rodimus Prime. It was just, like, so awesome. And I got it for, like, $3.99. That's that's what the Ravens did with Odell Beckham. 
they 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 went and got a collectible. You know, low risk, high reward. You just compared this man to a DVD. I did. And shout out because I'm going to see Transformers this weekend. So that was just fresh in my mind. But but you know, uh Odell, <laughs> his last full season was 2019. You know, obviously he was on the Rams Super Bowl team, got hurt in the Super Bowl. Caught a touchdown. Shout out to Caught, Odell a, caught a touchdown. You know, I won you, 750 you the, bucks in that game. You showed me the video of Baker Mayfield, what I believe to be intentionally freezing Odell Beckham out. So, you know, I think he just was a bad quarterback. So, so rumors of his demise were false. But here we are. And I don't know what he is at this point because he's coming off of injuries and he's had a pretty injury filled career. You know, he uh, just keeps tearing. He, I think he's had two ACL injuries, those are the last two that kept him out. And then in the, with the Giants, he had a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. That 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 I think that yeah that happened in preseason is, yeah but the good news is move out the good news is the Ravens went out and drafted Zay Flowers so you have your route runner that can open it up if Odell needs a couple of games to get it right or whatever like he's going to be rusty for lack of better words but also what helps out is that the Ravens were third in rushing yards per game last season and second in yards per carry so you know Lamar Jackson. I don't think your goal is for him to throw the ball 60 times a game. You know, um, they got Mark Andrews, you know, who is that safety valve. So I think you can go the first five or six weeks of the season and just say, Odell, like, work yourself within rhythm. You know, like, obviously you have training camp, all that stuff. But Odell, work yourself within rhythm. We're going to need you for the stretch run. So as far as that goes, I like the pickup. I don't know what's going to actually happen once we play the games. Like, do you have an idea? Like, you think you you think he's going to have a turn the clock back season? See what when I talk when I talked about uh, like Kyler Murray, you're going to get so at ACL surgeries. The timetable has been like twelve months. I think every every guy. Anyone who's come back early, everyone's like, hey, normally this is a 12-month rehab injury. With Odell coming off of his surgery and then not playing at all last year, just but still being in shape so he can – there was rumors that he didn't run for the Cowboys, but he had to be in shape because if you met him, you know what an in-shape Odell Beckham looks like. There's plenty of – footage of him when he's in shape and he's in his prime. Yeah. So you I'm know if the he walk- and all that. Yeah. If you know you know if he walked in and he's 230, you're like, you look a little plump. You normally play around this weight. You know, so I imagine he stayed in shape through rehab. And he's done it before. So he he's rehabbed from the ACL before and he's got he got a whole year off. And then he has a team that's coming probably they're probably gonna have a new passing scheme. They do mm-hmm. still run the ball well. Lamar is a running threat. So I, I think you know, multiple times throughout each game, he's gonna get either single coverage look or a soft zone look to where maybe he can sit and you know break because he was always good, run after the catch, really good hands, um, smart route runner. He was always a threat. So if he is rested. 
So mm-hmm. people say, oh, he hadn't played in a year. Like, well, that means he hadn't gotten hit in a year. Mm-hmm. No, and, and, and that's why I said I think it's no low ling- risk. He's, I don't think it's like there's no lingering injuries that carried over from this past season. Like, right. Like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we're going to talk, people talk about him in free agency. They're talking about how much time he missed last year, L- you know, leading into this offseason. We're like, oh, right. okay, cool. I, I rested. My whole body's rested. So, yeah, if, if it doesn't work out, you just don't re-sign him. You know, you just let him walk or whatever the case may be. If it works out, you're a genius. And Lamar Jackson is happy because he got paid and now you got him a weapon. So, like, I don't see how it can go bad, per se, unless he just, you know, just isn't the Odell Beckham that we've known. You know, that's yeah, the but only if you way. Think about the the top the what number one wide receiver rate for the last couple of last off season, especially with uh Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, 28 million to 30 million. The Chiefs got like five picks for Tyreek Hill, and then Miami paid him 30 million. So if you're Baltimore, you're like, well. We got Odell Beckham for eighteen million for one year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And and, and, and the eighteen million dollar check. Well, the eighteen million is with incentives, like it's fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think off the rip, they they gave him a check for fifteen million. Yeah, so 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 that's That's what I'm saying. It's low risk, high reward. It sounds like a lot of money, but for the caliber of player that he is, he could have commanded more than that from somebody else that was desperate, like a Buffalo, you know, like. A Dallas if they didn't pick up Brandon Cooks, you know, so on and so forth. So so I think Baltimore got him out of the bin. You know, Rodimus Prime, you know, he's he's here. So, you know, I like it. You know, um, Jimmy G to the Raiders. I would like it if they played in any other division, probably. You know, so you're coming to a gunfight against Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. And then if Russell Wilson could get his shit together with uh, the quarterback whisperer, Sean Payton, who got the same record as Mike McCarthy, then, you know, I don't like your chances very much. The good news is, that's going to be a tough look. The good news is, if there ever is good news about Josh McDaniel, because there normally isn't, the good news is he has history with Josh McDaniel and was probably going to take over New England if Tom Brady didn't get his way. So Josh McDaniel probably sees something in him or feels that he can so you're unlock saying something. That Jimmy Garoppolo is going to take over. Yeah, yeah. At one point in nah, time, Tom Brady was never going to let anybody on earth beat him up. Well, I'm spot. just saying it was a conversation that Tom Brady had to go to the principal's office and go snitch. So you know, like Jimmy Jimmy G was going to take over that team at he, some point. This what it, this what it was. He Tom. I'm not knocking Jimmy G, but Tom was like, "Yo, we don't need this guy here." Like we don't we don't need you. We I don't need to be wasting time watching you guys try to groom a guy that's not better than me. Because Tom won four Super Bowls after yeah. they got Jimmy G. Yeah. Like you talking about a bad personnel move. And he just went to Vegas. So you know, I'm sure Kendra Lust is still there. You know, yeah, and, well, he has so many options. But you know, Tom Brady's also there because he's part owner and he's yeah. part owner of the and Las he, Vegas Aces. Yeah, and, and he Tom and Brady's he also like, I can say he's going to sign Jimmy G's first check. Jimmy, Jimmy G also inherits Devontae Adams, the number one leading rusher from last season, Josh Jacobs. So, you know, like the Raiders aren't going to be bad outside of the fact that I just don't think their coaches are very good head coaches. Coach. At all. Yeah. So, so, you know, so there you got that. So here's a stat, you know, John Daigle, hopefully I said his name right. I saw this in a tweet. 
<laughs> so excuse me. So last year, Devontae Adams saw a career high 30% of his targets come in 10 to 19 yards. So this is last season uh, with Derek Carr. So Derek Carr, um, since 2021, from that 10 to 19 yard distance, has a 52% completion rate, you know, which is 33rd in the league. So, you know, that's all 32 starters. <laughs> um, 9.1 yards per average, which is uh, 30th. Or yards so per, his- I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yards per, yeah, 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 yeah. He ran the route 10 to 19 yards. His yards per attempt was 9.1, though. So the route was 10 to 19 yards, but so. He didn't get it to him. Yeah, so that's 30th in the league. Jimmy G, in that same period, same uh, range, 10 to 19 yards, 64.2%, which is good for fifth in the league. And he got an 11.6, which was fifth in the league. So consistent at least. So long story short, he'll probably be a better fit for the system than Derek Carr was. I think Derek Carr is the better quarterback. But he'll probably be a better fit for what McDaniels wants to do. And they have that history. But at best, at best, Jimmy G, Jimmy G is Alex Smith waiting for Kaepernick to come through. Yeah, so, you the- know. Yeah, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, the Raiders, I, I like it. I think it makes sense. I thought they were in the – who are they? Who you you see the other at? quarterbacks on this roster? Is it like Stidham and – No, Stidham went to Denver. Yeah, I mean, he was going to start no matter what. Yeah, then. so you'll love it. You'll love this. So Brian Hoyer. You know, no, a Patriot fame. <laughs> and then they drafted a rookie out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell. You know, so this is Jimmy G's job, at least for this year. We'll see what how it goes. We'll see what happens. What I don't I like. Oakland, I think Josh McDaniels in Oakland. Vegas. Never wanted. My bad. Vegas. Never. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he. I don't know if him and Derek Carr had any kind of bonding or bond. Right, right. I agree. And it felt it felt it feels that way, but I think that's the mo of McDaniel's. Uh-huh. Is that he wants to be he's a, a clone of Belichick versus an intellectual disciple? Like you can learn from someone. Like me and my dad are a lot alike. I learned some stuff from him, but I don't try to copy him. I just learn from him and I apply what. You know, he's taught me, then I learned on my own. Hey, at least they, he's not as bad you know, as Matt Patricia. But it, but it's in that same realm. I think he just might be a little bit more personable than Matt Patricia. I think he might just be a little bit more. Um, I still don't know how he got a, a job. A politician. I still don't know how he got the job after the Indianapolis thing. Because I think he might be a little bit more polished in his 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 political like way yeah. he, like. Sean Payton. Sean Payton is is postured up by the football media like he's some kind of guru because he called an onside kick and Peyton Manning crumbles under pressure in big games. And he That's called it. short. Other, and he called short passes for Drew Brees, which I would have did too. Even even with that, like his claim to fame is that onside kick and then Peyton Manning threw a bad slant. If Peyton Manning does anything normal, like a normal quarterback, like maybe a Tom Brady in Super Bowl. Sean Payton doesn't get back to one. 
Yeah, and they had the 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 office of the defensive pass and friends didn't get called. But he the people posture him up like Tracy Porter. Shout out but, to Tracy Porter. But then people slam on Mike McCarthy. Like you said, we said before they got the same record. I think Josh McDaniels is one of those guys that just he it was able to just kind of talk a good game. He was connected to the right people, he was in the right room, he was playing golf at the right tournaments, and that's how we got the shot. Because no one even mentions the fact that he flaked on Indianapolis the day of. Right. If if you knew a girl that left her groom at the altar, you would talk about that all the time. Every time somebody mentioned it, like, you know, Tina, oh, you mean Tina left her dude yeah. at the altar? Well, like, we'll you be, would talk uh, about it all the time. Bride. Yeah, you would talk about it all the time. But Josh yeah. McDaniels literally left the Colts at the altar, and no one mentions it. He was terrible in Denver, and the only people that really mentioned it a lot was the odd couple, Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. They talk about it a lot. He drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Yeah. Tim so Tebow completed 48% of his passes. So. so so, what I don't like, three years, 65 million. Of course, this is the NFL, so you know what I mean. You could tear that up like a wet tissue. But, Wait, you three? Know, that's, a, that's a great deal. You know, I, I don't like Jimmy don't think, G. You think it's too high? Yeah. 20, 21 and a half million? For, for where he is right now and the injuries, like, I, I, I wouldn't have gave it to him. That's, you know, that's 40. I mean, I mean, it's good that. if you're comparing it to like oh, Daniel oh. Jones or, who got you know, 40 million. or Lamar Jackson. That's is, is a good deal. But I think you know, Kirk Cousins probably. So I think that's, I think that's a great deal. So, so of course, you know, I hate quarterback record, but just for the sake of conversation, you know, he's 40 and 17 as a starter. He's you up know, there with Joe Montana. Last year, last year, 67.2 completion percentage in 11 games, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. And then my last free agent, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, Jamal Williams, you know, of Detroit Lion fame, led the league in rushing touchdowns, you know, this past season. Um, average 4.1 yards per carry. And let me backtrack for a second. He led the league in rushing touchdowns and it was also a Detroit Lions franchise record, you know. So, of course, we had Mr. Sanders come through. So that was surprising to me. Um, he, he said that he felt disrespected by what Detroit offered him. So he signed with New Orleans for three years, $12 million, and eight of that was guaranteed. What the hell did Detroit offer him? Man, probably two years, six and a half. <laughs> guaranteed. <laughs> so um, so the reason that I like this pickup potentially is that I don't think Alvin Kamara is out of the woods yet. You know, as far as I ain't talking about jail time, but like, but the league stepping in with some kind of suspension or some kind of discipline, you know. But what I don't like about it is that New Orleans did draft Kendra Will- uh, Miller from TCU, you know, who I think has a little bit of Nick Chubb in him. So unless so unless Jamal Williams is just going to be exclusively your touchdown vulture for you fantasy football fans out there. <laughs> you know, I, back in the day. Yeah, I don't know what the long-term play is here, you know, because they're not going to cut Kamara if they don't have to, or you know, if nothing happens, like if the league doesn't suspend him, he, just he doesn't got in a fight with a dude at a Vegas hotel, yeah, right? Yeah. And his entourage fought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they drafted Kendra in the third round, you know, so like there's some value there to play him. 
and see him do well. This isn't like a fifth round draft pick. So we'll see. So I'm not as big a fan of of the Jamal Williams deal as I am. I like the money, but as far as adding him to the team, I'm not as big a fan of that as I was for Odell and how Jimmy G makes sense for Vegas. So, so this is what I'm a little bit on the fence on. Yeah, and, and every year, like I said, there's always a team that makes a deal that seems like you made that deal because you just were connect- like somehow you got connected to this person. Right. But when you think about it, it's like, was it necessary for you to make that deal? Like, I felt that way when Von Miller got his deal last year. I'm like, did you really? Did you really need to break out 120 million though? Like. That was the part that kind of I was like because I wasn't thinking he was gonna get a four year deal. Well, I guess it just depends on who the other. Dollars. I guess it just depends on who the other suitors were. Yeah, but I didn't think he was four years. I didn't think he was getting a four year contract because I felt like he's been in the league a, a nice little yeah, chunk, yeah, you know, over yeah, over yeah. ten years, a couple of ACL injuries. Yeah, that that Super Bowl was eight years ago now. Yeah, or, and yeah. then then you factor in. Over a hundred million dollars. I was like, that was that was pretty crazy. So I haven't seen any of those deals. I know like the Baltimore re-signing Lamar to a big deal, the Jalen Hurts extension. A lot of guys are getting big money. Eckler was, you know, threatening to make his moves. Was Philly but really I, gonna trade Jalen Hurts for Russell Wilson? I mean, <laughs> if you if you looked at a quarterback that just went nine and eight that has potential versus a quarterback that is for all intents and purposes, two running calls away from having two Super Bowls. Maybe you consider it. Super Bowl MVP went to a linebacker. For a pick six that got tipped and a blowout, like yeah, I mean it was it was that was that was I mean, like I said, that was yeah, I don't know if they would have. I don't know if that would have been a good well, move because they would have given up five. They would have given up four picks. They would have given the same deal Denver gave up. Well, you know, everybody can't be Patty Ice, though. Yo, uh oh. And ladies and gentlemen, with the goal, the Florida Panthers are now down two one in the series. Well, there you have it. The Vegas Golden Knights. Why they try to mess up my get it off my chest? <laughs> Bastards! Uh, <laughs> you killed Kenny. You know. Yeah, I don't have a get it off my chest. I just got a shout out to, you know, it costs nothing to promote your friends, so I'm gonna promote my friends. Colden line. It's called Dirty Geek Apparel to be tagged in the post, so you kind of see. I want to make sure. So just has a lot of different styles. You can go to his Instagram page, Dirty Geek Apparel. Like I said, we'll have it tagged. Um, it's a good friend of mine, Javaris Ray. He worked in your 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 space back at the hill, like that SARM scheduling yeah. space. Did a couple of deployments to Iraq together. We had that that Canada smoke coming in over the last couple of days, and uh, they smell a lot like Iraq around here. So, just, you know, what I'm I want to give a shout out to my friend Javaris Ray, Dirty Geek Apparel. Um, it costs you nothing to support your friends, even if you spend a little money on it. That still costs nothing. The money you spend for your friend is an investment for them. It's an investment opportunity for you, and just being just being good 
just being good friends to to each other. I know a lot of people always trying to post on social media to have ideas and they'll 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 comment on your arguments and they'll comment on like whatever emotional thing you post out there like oh my baby mama did this my baby daddy did this or all this negative stuff nah i want to share nothing <laughs> but positive stuff i want people to go to dirty geek and buy he also has another aspect he has this is jack you know it's no fun when the rabbit's got the gun he also has the fried chick i mean it's like He's going to do short sets for women this summer, stuff for kids, you know, so Dirty Geek Apparel, my boy Javaris Ray, shout out to him. So that's my get off my chest is the shirt that I'm wearing is a shout out to my friend. That's what's up. That's what's up. And here I am rocking a Ken Griffey jersey, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... <clears throat> My get it off my chest was so happy until the Panthers just scored this goal, but uh, <laughs> but you literally know, just charged it out. But you know, hockey is one no. of those sports. You know, like I love it because the fans don't treat it like basketball. You know, so like it reminds me of the NFL in the sense that people don't get upset if the Penguins aren't in the finals, or you know if. The Rangers aren't in the finals, so on and so forth. Like, hockey just accepts whoever made it. You know, we were just talking about the Boston Celtics a couple of weeks ago trying to come back from a 0-3, being the first team in NBA history to do so. Well, in the NHL, you know, it's happened four times. You know, so Vegas was up 2-0 coming into tonight. So as I was thinking of what would it mean if Vegas won the Stanley Cup? I started thinking fondly of UNLV, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, when UNLV was on top of the sport, the running Rebels, and they that was the perfect name for them at the time, the Rebels. You know, I think about the Raiders being an iconic franchise, probably nowhere near a Super Bowl, but they're an iconic franchise that makes you think great things and great memories of history that hopefully they can expand on in Vegas at some point. You think of the now Oakland A's, who are probably going to be moving to Oakland in the next couple of years, if not next year. You know, they're one of, to me, they're one of the iconic baseball franchises of my childhood. You know, so Vegas is coming through on the sports tip where we never thought we would see these major teams in Vegas. So Vegas winning this Stanley Cup, if it were to come to pass, I think is a great sports moment, not only because they are a true Vegas team in the sense that they didn't move there from somewhere else. This was an expansion team that came into the league, made the Stanley Cup, you know, their first within their first two seasons of existence. And here they are again, now up two to one instead of three oh, but they're up two to one. So, you know, when people talk about it's good for the sports when the Knicks are good, it's good for college football when Notre Dame is good, that might be true. But this right here, if Vegas pulls off this series, and even if they don't, just for the fact that they're an expansion team that made the finals twice, this is great for sports. So appreciate sports, people. That's what I wanted to get off my chest. That's what it is, man. Like It's not about getting as many players as you can get to your favorite team or your favorite player or the favorite player you like to talk about 
just let it play out. Just let it play. You have out. the you have the rules. You got the overtime rules. You got the regular season rules. You got the amount of games. You got the roster. You got the salary caps in some leagues. Just let it play out. Yep. Enjoy it and watch it. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, one more quick hockey thing, right? Real quick, you know. Wayne Gretzky, we coming for you, man. Gretzky broke that, made that record of like twenty-seven games. Hey, he was actually, scoring. Actually, Gretzky was scoring like seventeen goals a game. He was a legend. Actually, it was like Larry Bird fish story. Actually, so right now, so Wayne Gretzky broke the record. The record is eight ninety-four. One thousand goals scored. Yeah, goal score. One thousand four hundred eighty-seven games. Ovechkin right now is sitting at 822, 1,347 games. So it's not what you think it is. Now, granted, you know, there's a bunch of rule changes that happened, the overtimes and all that stuff like that, that Gretzky they didn't change the rules because Gretzky was He was too so good. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was too good. good. They changed yeah. the rules. But all I'm saying is you going down, Gretzky. Crazy. Craziness. That's how <laughs> that's how good he was. That they had to change the rules. Like, yo, this dude is literally scoring too many goals. Hey, they changed the rules change the for rules. they changed the rules for Kareem Abdul Jabbar too. But you know, so now we're like, changing goat rules. On, now we changing goat all these guys. See how that's I mentioned? See how I just had a goat moment right there without mentioning those two names? They they had to change the rules for uh Will Chamberlain. They said the lane wasn't wide enough. He was getting the ball too close to the hoop. And then he so led the league lane. in assist. <laughs> and it was like, All right, let's wide it out. You know, then he led the league in assists. Yo, some I've I've read some stat lines for Wilt Chamberlain that were like video game comical, like fifty points, thirty five rebounds, ten assists. It, it makes Jokic look like it makes Jokic look like Pop Water or something. You know, like, <laughs> like people talk about the hundred point game, and I haven't seen any footage of it. Everyone says you know it's out there, but I, I never looked. I believe that he scored hundred points in the game. But 50, 32, 12, 12, and 12, like 12 blocks, 12 assists, 50 Dang. points. It's like quint triple, like quint triple <laughs> doubles. <laughs> like I mean, I can't even quint quint double double. Quint double doubles. You know, it's but like, like I think he scored a hundred <laughs> points, but what I do know is that Carmelo didn't score 70. Yeah, Carbello scored 62 points. I'm gonna say it every week 62 points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks. You know what I'm saying? I saw Devin Booker score 70. I saw, you know, Dave Lillard score 70. I saw Kobe put up 81. I ain't seen no Carmelo score no 70. Man, because listen, most teams, if you score that many points, you probably lost. <laughs> it's rare. I think if you think, I think. Well, Dave won. Dave won. Kobe won with the 81. Donovan Mitchell got 71. And they won. They won. They didn't call the lane violation. Yeah, they do have 71 points. Not, the referees <laughs> at that point they just became fans. I think Kobe probably could have traveled in the 81 point game. But once he cracked 70 points, they're like, let's see how far this goes. Yeah. Uh, AI scored won. those 70. I think James What's Harden. What's career point. high? Probably 42 or something like that. <laughs> I think Luca had a 60-point triple-double. He did this season, yeah. Against the Knicks Harden, at Madison Square Garden, I believe. Harden had a 60-point triple-double. Russell uh, Westbrook had some 50 points. I don't know if he, he had, had a, 60. Yeah, I think he had a 50. 
Did he have a 50-point triple-double, though? I believe he did. Yeah, oh, look at you. Look at you, Mr. Logical. Kawhi's career high is 41. Yeah, and, and it was in overtime. That's so weird. <laughs> he would score more than that. I think LeBron's career high is only like 60. Yeah, he had the with, game in Madison With the mask Garden. on. Yeah. No, I think he had like 50-something. 50, 50 because Carmelo has a record. Well, they they both had Garden. they they both did it the same season. It was something like that where like uh Carmelo Carmelo 62 is the most in the Garden. That's the, yeah. that's how, that's why when you talk about uh people say the Knicks being good is good for NBA basketball. We know we don't I don't know what the record is for points in Indiana at whatever stadium they play. Right, right. I just know, like, Madison Square Garden, the record is Carmelo. Le- LeBron with scored points. 61 against Charlotte. And that was in Miami. Yes, that's when he was with Miami, yeah. Yeah, and that's what because he played with the mask. I remember Shaq's dropped 60 on his birthday against the Clippers. David Robinson had 71? It was, like, a, in the game he was trying to get the scoring title. Yeah, yeah. I think George Gervin had a 70 point game doing it. It was, I remember watching it growing up. I think it was two guys, Gervin and another guy, they were going for the scoring title and they both yeah. dropped crazy numbers that day. Like one guy had like 59 or 60 and then Gervin had like 67 or something like that yeah. to like beat that guy out by like point three points or something like that. I would have thought the way people talk, and I know I'm being a little facetious right now, but the way people talk, you would have thought KD dropped 70. You, <laughs> I mean, 70 is crazy, but does no, he have a I know, but game? you know, I don't think so. A I lot of guys career high might not even be in the 50. Well, he had 55. A lot like, of guys, like Dame, I think Dame, Dame has a 70 and a 60 this year. Yeah, yeah, KD's career high. Booker got the 70, 70. Yeah, his career high is 55. And I it's think just, Giannis probably got you a 55, 50 something. Because KD's 55 happened just last year. So <laughs> it's hard to remember some of his games. Yeah, because like you know, like everybody talks about this great scorer that he is, and I'm not saying that he's not, you know, but it just doesn't seem the same. Like, you know, like when you like when, like Kyrie got you 55 against Orlando. Yeah, he had a fifty. Year. I want to say fifty-seven against the Spurs, maybe at one point. The Donovan Mitchell game was impressive because I think he and the same thing with Kobe. I think Kobe got fifty-five in the second half. He did. He he, he sure did. I think Kyrie Donovan, does have a sixty. That was a game against Orlando, right? Uh, or did he get sixty? No, he got a fifty. I know he got a fifty-something against San Antonio. Yeah, he had a fifty-seven against San Antonio. That was his previous career high before the sixty. And the 60 he got against Orlando, I think that was the COVID year. All right, quick pop quiz before we get out of here. So so Kyrie's 60 points was a franchise record for the Nets. Who had the previous franchise record? And it was not Brooke Lopez. Because I know he's he was the all-time Nets leading scorer and all that. Darren Williams. Correct. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 57 points. Sports reports is ordered. Come get this knowledge, y'all. Yo, I that's I figured it was somebody that wouldn't that that wasn't like a big name. Darren yeah. Williams, he just decided, nah, I'm not, I'm not gonna be good no more. 
<laughs> come, come, come I'm gonna play hard, but he was like, I got I got this money, I got this this light skinned Caesar. Come get this knowledge, y'all, and don't cheddar bomb yourself. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you're ever looking for any movies, you know, of course, Transformers comes out this weekend. But go grab that 1985 Rodimus Prime. Yo, watch <laughs> Layer Cake. Ted Lasso. Get Ted Lasso in your life. I'm yeah. watching Silo right now. It's another one on Apple TV. MLS on Apple TV. Get with Iconic. it. We're not sponsored by Apple TV yet, but give it time. Get with it. Sports reports is ordered. After party on Apple TV. That is Mr. Logical. You're I am two five. And America, we love you. Peace. <laughs>